And so here's the question that I think we all need to consider as we think about this next decade of ministry here at Camp Nazarene. Are we going to embrace the new digital front door of the church? And you're like, what do you mean, Pastor? And I thought the front door was out there or the front door is out there. That's not the front door of the church anymore. The front door of the church is the digital space. And so we have some people up here that are going to help us just make this real. So it's just not me up here talking. But these are some folks who are going to share some things just to help us think through this and to think again about the next decade of the ministry of our church. So the first guy that's going to share is, is a guy by the name of Jeremiah Johnson. So I'm just going to take a poll real quick. How many know Jeremiah? Right. How many don't know Jeremiah? Like pretty much everybody, right? And there's a good reason for that. Because this is only Jeremiah's third Sunday here. Okay, it's only his third Sunday here. So I'm just going to have Jeremiah share uh, how he and his wife Jenna and their two beautiful children uh, showed up here. So Jeremiah, you go ahead and, and take it away. Yeah, so um, Pastor Dan kind of said it was, it's only our third week here, and it's actually only our eighth week um, living in this area. Um, we uh, bought a house down here, uh, not too far from here, and, um, and we moved here. And, and, and I'm the type of person, uh, before I buy something, I know everything about it. I go on the internet and I research it. Um, and, and so just like if I'm shopping for a church family, I, I researched it. And so, so uh, you know, before as we came to the area, I looked at tons of church websites. And I, I looked at this, this specific, specifically Canton First Church of Nazarene's church website, and I saw so many things there that, that drew me in uh, and drew my wonderful wife, Jenna, in. Um, and, and it was, it was the, the worship. It was the, the focus on children and teens and ministry. Um, we've, we've always been involved in small group Bible studies. We've loved that being part of our lives. And so we were looking for a church and a church family that, that had some of those things in there. And, and so the, the, the digital front door, the website was our first impression. And, and so now we're, we've been here for three whole weeks. We've been all the way through growth track in that amount of time. So, yes. uh, so anyway, we are, uh, we're, uh, so we're just thankful to be here. So Awesome. Hey, thanks, Jeremiah. Yeah. All right. So now, how many know Jeremiah? Right, you all at least raise your hand. At least you know what he looks like, right? You know his name. So it's a great way to meet people, Jeremiah. So thanks for uh, coming up here. But when we talk about truly embracing the digital front door, a, a big component of the Made for More initiative is to, to get our services videoed, to capture them via video and, and to share them uh, with, with anyone that clicks on our website. Audio is good, website good, it's working, but there's nothing like video that draws people in. There, there really isn't. Uh, so we want to work towards getting the technology in this space where we can video capture our services and push them out to reach a greater, greater audience. So that's the first component. The next one is, is multiple services. Now, multiple services mean more than one. Okay, so that's just multiplying. Healthy things multiply. Healthy things grow. It's just, it's just a proven growth model. When you offer more than one service, you have greater impact. And so the question is this, do we believe that God wants us to grow? I think that's a pivotal question for any church to ask. Because there's a lot of churches that quite frankly don't want to grow. They just want to be with who they are and who they've always known and not really meet any new people and not really reach the lost and just kind of be who they are. Do we really want to grow? I mean, do we believe that God wants us to grow? Do we believe that God wants us to have a greater impact? 
I, th I, th I just think that's a question that we really need to think about. And so one of the things on a micro level, when I talk micro level, it's smaller level, macro's big. But on a micro level, one of the things we've done that, that we, we could do is we multiplied or we divided our middle school and our student ministry. They used to be together, but we split them, we divided them because it's a growth model. So I just want you to hear from our middle school director, Andy Hansen, and then our youth uh, student, student pastor, Jimmy Black, what's happened since we've divided or multiplied our, our student ministries? Uh, well, we uh, divided this starting in May of this year. Um, our numbers for middle school have more than doubled. And we've really been able to focus um, on a, a, re, a model that's highly relational with those kids because uh, we all know middle schoolers, you put them in with high schoolers and they behave in such a way to impress uh, those that are older than them. That's, that's just natural, that's how kids are. Um, now they're all together in one group with their peers and we're really able to uh, focus uh, with them building relationships with one another and just having uh, a really a great time and then our teaching event is age appropriate for them also. Yeah and um, the high school I mean it was so needed in our high school um, for leadership in the youth um, not just for leadership for them growing up and being responsible young adults but leadership as spiritual leaders in the, in the youth you know. Um, and so that was something that Pastor Chris and I talked about many years ago when I first started about just how to build that. And really it came along really well whenever we decided we need to split these guys up so that our, our older youth can learn how to be those spiritual mentors to our younger youth. I mean, I mean for us, it's, it's not a growth model for me at all to see new students come in, but it's a growth model for their spirituality, to see them get deeper with God. So when they go to college, they, they know how to talk to God, talk to God and talk about God and how to be that sp spiritual mentor, not just to little kids in the church, but also for the roommates and so that their growth with God will continue to grow stronger and stronger. It's amazing. Thanks, Jim and Andy. So now on Wednesday nights, we have around what, 12 to 15. And 15. I'd, I'd, uh, Sherry, I think she counts 7,000 each night. Yeah, there you know. go. So, we're, so really, we have around 30 to 40, just 30 to 40 here on Wednesday nights, and it's coming alive, everyone, and, it, and it's good. And I think a key thing is because we have this multiplication-type mindset in our leadership. And then the other uh, part I want to talk about is, uh, is small groups. Uh, if you were here in the fall, we really... We made a, a big effort, and, and I, Mark Rice did a great job leading the way of just multiplying our small groups, having more small groups than we've ever had before. And so we started a new small group, my wife and I, uh, Allie Medley, where's Allie at? She started a new small group. I know many of you started new small groups. And the reason we have more in small groups now than ever before is because people were willing to multiply. People were willing to step out and do new things and grow our small group ministry because it's very hard for people to step into a small group that's been existing for a long time. It's just uncomfortable because they feel like an outsider. But when you multiply and you, and you grow, uh, it, it just grows the number of people that are in. So uh, Aiden and, and Katie, I'm so glad you guys are up here uh, to share. Uh, they uh, have jumped into small groups for the first time. Uh, so they're actually in Alley and our group. They're in two groups. And I just wanted them to share, you know, what it's meant to them as they've jumped into small groups. 
Hi, my name is Aiden Medley. Um, this semester, my wife and I both joined a couple of small groups, and it's really just been a great experience for us because it's allowed us to create relationships with people we otherwise may not have gotten a chance to. And in small groups, you get to delve a little deeper into the meaning and understanding of the scripture. Hi, I'm Katie. Um, since joining small groups, I feel like it's done a few things for us. Um, for me personally, it's helped me to strengthen my faith, and I feel like it's allowed me to feel more connected to the church on a more personal level. Um, as a couple, it's given us a sense of belonging. Um, we're always trying to be more involved in the church and do what we feel God is calling us to do, and joining small groups was definitely one of those things. Um, and it can also be a lot of fun, so if you're thinking about joining a small group, I would definitely recommend it. Awesome. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> and then this is uh, James Bosworth and Lisa Simpson, and they're newer to our community of faith as well. Now, they are not in a small group, and uh, I just want them to share now uh, what's kind of on their, on their heart. So go ahead. So this is James or Jamie. There you go. Uh, or Jay. So you can call him any any name here um, and I'm Lisa we do not have a small group I think we're pretty awesome people and we are looking so <laughs> if you want to uh, approach us and let us know what group you have we're willing to hear and see which group we would like to join so this is like the dating service there they're, they're, they're available right there they're available so <laughs> this is awesome hey so can we just give all of them a hand thanks guys you can go back to your seats now you can go back that's good <laughs> But I want you to realize there's, there's other folks like Lisa and James, they're not, they don't have small groups. And listen, the new people that are on their way here, they're going to need a small group. People need small groups. And if we don't keep growing them and have the idea of multiplication, are they ever going to get in one? Are they? We have to have that mindset. And those are micro-level examples. When you see your church beginning to take that mindset and that culture on the micro-level, what happens is it tells you you're ready on the macro level, on, on the big service time, to begin to take that step towards there. I don't know that we're really quite ready to do two services yet, but listen, as we're thinking about the next decade, come on, church, let's ask God. Let's just say, hey, is this something you want us to do? Is this some, let's just pray about it. Let's give it to God and see if it's something that maybe we can tackle. I really believe that we could have a, a greater impact if we take that step when we're all ready. The next uh, part of this is, is just uh, an, an outward focus. Uh, just, just, just an outward focus, realizing that there are lost people that need to know God. So the big question is this, are we concerned more about the 99 found or the one lost? Are we more concerned about the 99 found or the one lost? And you know the parable, the famous, the famous parable that, that Jesus told about the, the lost sheep and, and the lost son. And it just reveals the heart of God, that he loves the 99. And I love everyone that's here today. Trust me, I love you with all of my heart. But my heart yearns for that one that does not know God to come to know God. I, it just, it's, 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 it's just all over me. And God's been doing, if I could say there's one thing in my life that God's done this year in me, is just put a greater desire for that one lost 
that one lost. We made these cards, and I'm going to sneak behind the screen real quick uh, and see if I can find the card that someone took. Shame on you. No, I just lied. It's right here. I put it up here. So we made these cards. They're available at the Welcome Center, which is if you just go out to the left in the corner. There's, there's different uh, logos on the front. This one just says, I love my church. And then on the back, it says, check out this link for a, a special message from our pastor. So if you take a picture of that link, it will actually pull up to our website where it's me talking, again, on video, uh, to, to share the mission of our church and, and who we are. And they get a chance to meet me. And it has our website there as well. So I would encourage you. We were at, at Outback Steakhouse uh, on Friday night out on a date. And, and uh, Gary and, and uh, uh, Beth, Gary and Beth happened to be there. Nichols were there eating. Oh my goodness, almost. Uh, where they're eating and they were talking to their waitress and telling their, their waitress about our church and about how great it was. And they happened to see us over there and, and they said, in fact, there's our pastor over there eating dinner as well. And so they sent her over. Her name was Andrea. And so she came over. I said, hi, Andrea. My wife's name is Andrea. You have the same name. Uh, we have a great church. We, you know, we, we would love for you to, to check us out. And I really wish I would have had one of these cards with me, but I didn't. If I would have had one of these cards, I could have handed it to Andrea and said, you know what, hey, uh, just, just check us out sometime, the digital front door. And, it, and it's a way for us to begin sharing what we're all about as a church. So I would encourage you, when you leave today, even go out there, check out the Welcome Center, grab maybe just one and say, God, if I do one thing this week, I'm going to tell somebody about our church and going to hand them this card because you have a heart for that one lost. Amen. I mean, that's just what it's about. It's being outward focused and thinking about those who don't know God. And the last pillar, last principle of this made for more is, is really about financial freedom. Uh, do we possess our money or does our money possess us? Isn't that a great question? That's a great question right there. That's a great question to ask yourself every week, especially when you're paying your bills. Do we possess our money or does our money possess us? Wow. And so we have $266,000 in debt right now. That's our current debt. Part of that is a mortgage, and then the other part is a line of credit that we took out to do some needed repairs on the church. We had to replace a roof, get a boiler, some necessary things that really needed to happen. And so that's our current indebtedness. And boy, it'd be great to be able to pay that off and, and be debt-free, but, but really the goal isn't to be debt-free. That's not the goal. The goal is to help more people know Jesus. I mean, if we're debt-free as a church, well, great. So when we get to heaven, God's going to say, hey, you were debt-free, wonderful. I think he's going to say, well, how many people did you lead to my son Jesus Christ so they could know me as their heavenly father? Isn't that the question he's going to ask? So, yeah, we would love to be financially free, but financial freedom isn't just being debt-free. Financial freedom is really understanding the principles of God when it comes to finances. And so that's one of the goals for us, just to be a, a, a church that is so generous towards God and his kingdom that when we seek his kingdom first, everything else just seems to work out. Here's something I truly believe, that design reveals destiny. Design reveals destiny, not only in your personal life, but also in physical spaces. I think physical spaces, the design of them reveals the destiny, the future of that space. And so when we were thinking about if we do redesign this space, it wasn't again, build it there or come or make it look cool. Here was the vision, the vision was this, Technology reaches people. Multiple services reaches more people. So with those two things in mind, how could we design this space for the future ministry 
of our church. Let's design a space to deliver technology. Let's design a space to deliver multiple services, right? If you're going to redesign it, why wouldn't you do it intentionally to grow God's kingdom, right? So we hired an architect, we hired a consultant, we formed a design team from the congregation here along with some staff members and worked really, really hard to come up with a design that would deliver technology and multiple services. Literally, literally hundreds of hours collectively went into this. And I just want to thank every person that participated in this from the bottom of my heart for what you did because you came up with an amazing design. So here's a few pictures and it's in your packet of what the, what the project would look like if it was done in completion. So the picture that you see right there is a welcome center. So I'm walking back here because I just want you to visualize where this would actually be. So these doors right here, when people would walk in through these doors back here, what you see there, the welcome center, would be about right here somewhere. That's where it would be. So it would almost be like a little second foyer with a designated welcome center where people could get connected with all the ministries of the church. Uh, so you'd walk in and then you'd go left or right to come around to actually get into the worship space, which would also create a better environment for less distractions for people coming in and out of those doors because I know it's necessary. But if this was built up here and people would come around, it would be much less of a distraction if we had that than it is currently. So that's where that would be as you walked in. Does that help kind of... What's the word? Orientate you? Does that help that? Good. You're a Steelers fan, right? So I know you understand that word. <laughs> Just playing. He's a Browns fan. So the stage would be completely uh, redesigned. So this is just an image of, of, of the stage. So this whole thing would be completely redesigned. It would be rounded. We'd have a rounded canopy up there. We'd have new projectors, new screens, new lighting. Because when you hear lights, camera, action on the movie set, there's a reason. Because you have to have the right lighting to do video. And then you have to have cameras to <laughs> capture the video. And then, well, then you have to have an action or a sermon to actually have something to capture. So we would have new lighting uh, on the stage that would be able to uh, produce quality lighting so we could video. And then there would be complete new house lighting. It would all be controlled. Uh, we could set different atmospheres and moods. And so that would be uh, what the stage would look like. There would be actually a couple walls that would come out here. So there would be entrance and exit points from the side. So it's not as... Uh, kind of distracting when people are just coming up and on and off from the front. And also there would be handicap access. Right now we don't have handicap access, and we would have handicap access to the stage as, as it was completely redesigned and new lighting uh, and then all the video cameras. And then so this would be actually looking out into the worship uh, space. Uh, you can see the AVL booth, which is back there, would actually be now located in the center. If you ever wonder why it maybe sounds a little different in different parts of the place, it's because when the sound guy's way back there in the corner, he hears one thing. And when you're up here, Ron, you hear another thing. It's really hard for him to know what it sounds like up here when he's way back there. But if they were right in the center of the room, they could control the audio much better. The video cameras could be here to capture the video. And then you would see the uh, stadium seating that would be right back there and then you'd have center seating here and then you'd have flexible seating on the side so we'd actually have three main seating sections the middle 
we'd have two sides that would be flexible. They would be chairs that were interlockable and could be removed. So those spaces could be open or have seats. Again, a center section. And then we'd have the stadium seating section there. So we actually would have great control over how many seats were available depending on what we were doing in here. So if we had a, a big event and we wanted to open it all up, that would be great. If we wanted to have a smaller event, then we could just section things off very easily and control the seating. Does that make sense? So that's uh, when it comes back to... Hi, Greg. Hi, Don, right? Don and Greg, second week back. You were first-time guest last week, right? So stand up, Don. St stand up, Greg. Let's welcome these two back after the first time. There you go. Yeah. I'm just telling listen, every week I'm just telling you, new people are coming. I just, I'm just saying God is moving in ways, and I'm just praising the Lord. Good to see you guys back. Second Sunday. You weren't expecting that. I wasn't expecting it either, but the Lord, I guess, had it planned out. So those are some, some fun pictures. So that's what it is. Uh, here's the question we all want to know, right? How much is that fancy new car? How much is it? So uh, the complete project, and in your packet, there's a detailed breakdown of it. It's $1.3 So we presented this earlier uh, in the spring and went through the summer, and we really listened. We, we, we took feedback, we listened, and what we found out from you and from our consultants that, that we're not ready to move forward with a $1.3 million project. We're just, we're not ready for that. So we turned the dial back, we listened, we pulled back, and what we really need to do is just communicate the big vision, and that's what we're doing, but then also communicate an alternate vision, uh, communicate an alternate plan. When we listened to you and all those that participated in this, the feedback that we got was, well, well could we phase this? Do we have to do all this at once? And, and so we re-engaged our consultants, we re-engaged uh, the, the architect, and we came up with a, with a phased uh, vision or, or, or a, an alternate vision, um, which we're just calling uh, phase one which would be $480,000, and that's in your packet there. And again, the details broken out. So you say, well, Dan, what's, what's phase one? Well, phase one is, is the technology piece. Phase one is doing what it takes to capture our services on video and push them out. So that is a complete re redesign of the stage because you don't want to do the lighting and not do the stage because if you later do the stage, then you have to readjust all your lighting. Does that make sense? So you want to you redesign the stage and get it how it needs to be and then get your lighting and then purchase the video cameras and the equipment to capture everything on video. So that's what phase one is there. And you see a contingency built in there and some other administrative fees that are just part of a project like this. So that's something uh, that, that we just wanted to present as phase one for us to consider. Again. We're in the evaluation stage. We're not saying that we're doing any of this. And that's why we need your feedback today. And we, we need to pray over this and think about it and keep communicating because that's what healthy families do. You communicate and you, and you pray and you think through things and, and you try to move forward. Uh, but, yeah, that's what a phase one would look like. And you say, well, Dan, uh, why, why that? Because the initial survey came back. The number one thing or the most important thing that we received from you was that the technology, that would be the number one piece. That, that came back as the most important uh, uh, thing to do. Okay? All right. And last, why do it? So this is probably the most important question, right? Why, why do it? Because if there's not really a why settled in your heart, I don't think there's a whole lot of motivation to do, to do anything. Um, and, and I really believe, believe this, that that when we, when we make an investment, we expect a return. Well, what, what do you mean, Pastor Dan? Well, 
okay, when you make an investment with your money, don't you expect a return on it? When you make an investment with your time, don't you expect a return? Right? I mean, when you make an investment with your talents, don't you expect something to come back? I mean, any smart business person, any smart business person, when they make an investment, they expect a return. If they don't get a return, why invest? So, so why would we even do this? So I really think it's my job in the next few minutes here just to talk to you from God's word about investing. Because investing and expecting a return isn't man's idea. That's God's idea. And if you don't believe me, just read the parable that Jesus taught about the talents. God is a return on investment kind of God. And so that's the thumbprint of God on our very soul when we expect a return on our investment. And so you, you would ask me, Dan, well, well, you know, when it comes to technology, you know, what, what kind of return, you know, are we getting on that? Well, here's the thing. If you give technology, you get to reach more people. So if you give technology, you get to reach more people. How many here uh, purchased the, the Disney, Disney Plus app, the Disney Plus app to watch Disney stuff? Come on, raise your hand. Be on. There we go. Yeah. Why? Okay, it's, it's an app. It's called Disney Plus, and you get, you get Marvel, you get Pixar, you get, all, you get all this great stuff. So why do you think Disney launched that app? Because Netflix is doing so good? Because Hulu's doing so good? Because why do you think? They want to reach more people, right? Because Disney has a product. Disney has a message. And they know that they can reach more people with video. That's why apps and streaming are so popular right now. Because people watch video. And the more people they can get to download their app and watch their stuff, the more people they can get to their parks and the more money they can make and all those kind of things. Because it just broadens the network. It broadens who you can reach. Listen, in the next decade, if we can invest in technology and get the message of Jesus Christ out into the world, we can reach more people. It's just the bottom line. Why would I give that to them? Well, why? Because more people would hear the message of Jesus Christ. Well, other churches have that, Dan. Why do we have to do it? Why wouldn't we do it? I think we have the greatest message of salvation and sanctification, the greatest message, and people need to hear it. This is what Paul said, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. All possible means. Do you think the Apostle Paul, if he was living today, the Apostle Paul, do you think he would use video to try to reach people? You better believe it. All possible means, he said, that we could just save some. That we could save some. Multiple services. Why, why would we invest in, in, in just the time and the energy uh, to, to even do that? Again, attend one. When you give worship, you get more of God. When you give worship, you get more of God. See, there's a scripture that says this. He inhabits the praises of his people. What's that mean, he inhabits? What's that mean? When you worship him, when you give worship, what does God do? He shows up. So if you want more of God, then invest more in worship. See, what happens right now is we have a lot of people serving in children's ministries and in our nursery. And they're down there serving and serving and using their talents and gifts. But they're not in here worshiping God. 
So they're there for a month and a month off, but the time that they're back there, they don't have an opportunity to be in here like you and to worship God. But don't you think it's important for them to have a chance to worship God so that they can experience his presence in, in a great way? But when you only have one offering, one, one, one on service, you really can't do that. But when you have multiple, well, then people can actually attend one and worship and give worship and experience more of God in their lives. So, Dan, are you willing to preach twice? I'm willing to preach as many times as you want me to preach. I will do whatever I can to help more people experience the presence of an almighty God because he inhabits the praises of his people. See, I want every single person that calls Camp Nazarene their home to have a chance to worship on Sunday morning. I just want that for people. I don't want the people to have to choose and say, well, I'll serve one, but I'm not going to get to worship. I would love for people to say, I'm going to get to worship and I'm going to get to serve. You're like, oh, my goodness, that means three hours here. Yeah, that's what it means. <laughs> that's what it means. Yes, it means more time, more energy. And I, for one, am willing to do it. I, for one, am willing to do it. Multiple services, the serve one. You give serve you get more hope. Look, look at this scripture. You give, serve, you get more hope. This is Paul. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. See, hope is attached to your calling. See, God has a calling on your life, and he wants you to experience the hope that's attached to your calling. When you find your calling, when you go and exercise your calling, you get more hope. Oh, I'm just so discouraged and I'm down and I don't know about this world. Listen, start serving God. If you want to find hope, find your calling and start serving the Lord Almighty. I am never more full of hope than after Sundays. Do you know why? Because I'm ex exercising my calling. When you go serve, you get hope. And that's why I talk about the growth track over and over again. By the way, have I mentioned growth track? Yeah, because growth track is designed to help you find your calling. Each of you has a spiritual gift. Each of you has a unique personality. Each of you has a passion. And God designed you for a specific purpose in his kingdom. You have a role to play. And when you find that role and you jump on a serve team and get involved with other people that want to make a difference in this world, that's when things come alive for you. It's so true. It's so true. I just want people to have a chance to attend one and serve one. And then the, the outward focus. Invite. <laughs> this is great. You give Jesus, you get more faith. You give Jesus, you get more faith. This is what Jesus says. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake, when you give your life away for Jesus, when you give people Jesus, you're going to find your life and people are going to find Jesus. And I'm just telling you, it's going to transform your life and your faith will never be greater than when you give Jesus away. If we keep Jesus to ourselves and, oh, Jesus is my Savior and he's done all this for me and I love Jesus. And that's all good and that's all great. But listen, when you start giving Jesus away and sharing him with others, I'm just telling you, your faith takes off. 
When is the last time you gave Jesus away? When is the last time? If your faith is weak, if it's failing, I would encourage you this week to start here. Lose your life and give Jesus away. Because when you give Jesus, you will get a return on your faith. You truly will. And last, financial freedom. Generosity. Generosity. You give money, you get more peace. Well, that doesn't make sense. I don't, I, I don't have enough money and I need more money. If I just had more money, I would have peace. You know, if I just have money problems and money, I just need money. I need money because money's the answer and money gives me peace, right, and security, right? Right? Isn't that the American way? Yeah. The richer you are, the better life is. No. No. That's not what, at least that's not what Jesus said. Because this scripture, this scripture is all in the context of possessions and what you own and all those kind of things. Here's what Jesus said after he talked about worry and anxiety and all these things that we need and we think bring us peace and security. Here's what Jesus said about it. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. His righteousness. A love for God and a love for others. That's how Jesus summed up the whole thing. A love for God and a love, that's what righteousness is. Love for God, love for others. Right relationship with God, right relationship with others. I'm going to treat others the way God would treat them. I'm going to love God the way God deserves to be loved. Seek first that, that right there. And all these things will be given to you as well. Peace, security, contentment, fulfillment. It's a promise of Jesus. It's a promise of Jesus.